Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Have you ever considered not drafting a single running back until the fourth or fifth round? Let's find out if that's a smart idea or a bad idea for you. This is always a fun topic for me because I love a challenge in fantasy football. I love a strategy that has me working my butt off to try and win a league and try and build a a full lineup, a team that people are scared of and a team that people wonder, how the hell did you get that team coming out of your draft and through trading, entering you know week one, week two? Maybe some of my trades end up lingering into weeks three and four and five. I mean, I trade the whole year, but building that powerhouse team, I usually get it by the first you know quarter of the season. But sometimes with some creative and some would call insane draft strategies and approaches, I might have some holes still in my lineup heading into to week one and week two until I built up enough uh, you know, trade value with some of my stashed guys and sleepers to then turn them into you know different pieces for my team. Or some of my sleepers emerge and some of my guys that maybe were on a bench heading into week one or maybe a questionable value you know, turned it on and became, you know, big name guys, uh, guys that came out of nowhere. So sometimes it takes a little while for those teams to develop when I'm building that way. But let me give you some examples of some strategies that I'm talking about. So you may hear people talk about zero running back strategy. Um, you could define that a bunch of different ways, but you could also talk about it just taking no running backs in the first three or four rounds. Um, let's kind of categorize that kind of style um, as a, you know, late running back strategy drafting running backs, you know, not in the top four. So the way I see this strategy, I see this as one of the most fun ways to try out something new. If you don't want to just take the same old, you know, a strategy and apply it to your drafting every single year, you want some kind of challenge, or you found that maybe you're really good at getting those stashed running backs on your bench and you don't know what to do with them. You can't even trade them. Maybe your league doesn't trade or maybe your league doesn't trade a lot. Your guys in your league just are conservative and they don't make trades. But every year you find yourself with this plethora of of options at running back because you're so good at scouting running back. Um that you can't even use them and you have a dilemma and it even hurts you because you're starting the wrong guys each week because you have four or five really good running backs on your bench. Like maybe you had James Conner stashed and last year and then all of a sudden, you know, you're putting big name players or players you drafted to start at your flexing or running back two on the bench because you got Connor and then you're you're just wasting points away on your bench. So this is the if you're good at that, if you recognize that that fits you and that's the kind of drafter and manager you are, then this approach is ideal for you to go no running backs in the first four rounds. People will laugh at you. You might want to get prepared for that. People love laughing at somebody doing something unorthodox and strange and outside the box and creative. People don't like that. It rubs them the wrong way. And you have to have thick skin to try this. You have to stay the course. You can't crumble and trade one of your big guys right out of your draft on day one or day two or before week one for a different position and back out of your approach. Don't do that. Not unless the deal is good for you. It's a deal that you you know intended to make and the kind of deal that you were looking for coming out of the draft. But here's what I'm talking about. So I'm really good at stashing 
sleeper running backs. James Conner was number two on the bold predictions for sleeper U in 2018. Tariq Cohen was, I think, number five or six. And he was like a, a real middle to late round pick last year. Those are the kinds of guys I have stacked waiting on my bench. And in redraft, I have all kinds of rookies because they're very cheap in redraft. And one or two of those, you know, mid-range rookie running backs usually always develops and be, emerges through injury, through hard work, whatever the case may be. So I always have those guys. So this strategy I would deploy would be going, let, let's say you had the bookend picks. You had uh, 12 and then you had the you know, the last pick in the first round, number 12, and then you had the 2.01, which is the first pick in the second round in a snake draft. So if you were to take, let's say, you know, and I'm not saying that Odell would would for sure fall now that he's in Cleveland, but let's say Odell Beckham was there, you take him. Uh, Let's assume, you know, Julio Jones is there at the 2.01, or let's say, uh, and you know, you could reach for Antonio Brown, but a lot of people would say he'd fall to the later half of that uh, second round or even to the top of the third, depending on the hatred that's filled in your league for Antonio Brown and his antics. And, you know, where he where he ranks in your draft could vary very differently than the ADP. It could vary very differently than than any other league, you know, around you. So don't don't anticipate that Antonio Brown's ADP will be very predictable. It'll be somewhat close once we get to August. I think it'll be in a place that everybody's used to drafting him in mocks, uh, talking about him via trade, seeing, seeing him on rankings and ADP data. So then people kind of cement themselves into, okay, he's worth this. Or a pre-rank list will have Antonio Brown like always at a certain spot, you know, at maybe 2.0 or 2. I don't know, 08. And so therefore, someone's going to, on the pre-rank list, select him there because he's the top guy rising to the top on that on that league management pre-rank list, which always sucks because sometimes that will make a guy go earlier than he should because people don't use their brains. They use the pre-rank list because a lot of or half of many leagues are magazine drafters that aren't prepared. So they let a machine and they let uh, you know pre-rank list determine who they're going to take, which is sad, which isn't fun, and that's not how I roll. But it can often ruin your chances to get a guy like Antonio Brown late. But it can also help if ADP data is shoving him downward and the pre-rank list has him really low, then you can get a steal. So it could work both ways. But most times I find the pre-rank list has a guy too high and then it kind of screws me out of getting that sleeper. Um, So if you were to take, let's say, Julio Jones and Odell Beckham Jr. at your uh, your 1.12 and your 2.01. The next pick you'd make would still be either a quarterback late in that uh, third round, um, or you could take a wide receiver. I think the wide receivers are going to drop off quite a bit at that point. So this would be a place to take a Patrick Mahomes, which a lot of people will again laugh at you. Oh my God, you haven't even got a running back yet. Having those two wide receivers with Patrick Mahomes and then, and then landing some of your sleeper running backs, it's a cool strategy. And if you can trade in your league, you could trade your third rounder up into the bottom of the second and maybe get a bigger name player. Um, maybe you get a Le'Veon Bell that somehow falls to, you know, 2. Point, I don't know, 04, 2.03, and you trade your third rounder and a seventh or something, or a third rounder and a six and move, you know, or move down in another area. That would be awesome to have those two wide receivers and then your running back. So you could go no running back until your third pick. That's also a fun approach. But don't shy away from doing something creative and different if you are very good at sleeper running back stashing like I am. And if you do a lot of leagues, you can toy around with this idea in at least one of your leagues. 
but don't let people detour you away from doing this if you know you can be successful with it. Now, if you're not good at free agency and you don't set your lineup or you barely set your lineup and you don't involve yourself in free agency and you miss out on the Philip Lindsay's last year and you got to you got to look at yourself and evaluate your own uh, willingness to, to really stay at it and be active with this. And if you're not, if you can be honest with yourself and you're not the type of person that's going to make the, make this successful, don't try it because you will be laughed at. You will think that, oh God, this strategy sucks when really it's your inability to execute it and your unwillingness to put in the time. So make sure you understand the difference there and, and that you can fairly assess whether you, this is a good fit for your style and your league management style. But I, myself... Let's take a different approach and say you're in an auction. So in an auction, this is, this is even a better thing to try. So if you have a bunch of drafts and one of them is an auction, I suggest you use this approach in the auction versus the snake draft because it'll afford you three better wide receivers um, and and probably afford you some guys at a dollar or two that shouldn't fall you know, to that, that price range, but everybody's out of money. And every year if you do an auction... There's always a guy with a bunch of money left that's scooping up guys for a dollar or two, or everybody's out of money is the other scenario, and the guy who blew all of his money on two or three players is scooping up these awesome guys for a buck or two, and everybody's like, God, don't let him you know, get that guy for one or two dollars. So auction is the way to go probably more than, than snake with this approach. So let's say you spend all of your money on Mike Thomas, uh, Antonio Brown, and uh, Odell Beckham Jr., and you give yourself those three running backs, you probably still have enough money for a Baker Mayfield, an Aaron Rodgers, or a Patrick Mahomes. So that sounds like a crazy approach to a lot of people, I'm sure, because you're then stacking your sleeper running back stable and hoping that you get your starters out of that stable. But I love that approach. That approach is awesome. And I'm going to probably deploy that exact strategy and approach in 2019 in at least one of my auction drafts because I think I could easily walk away with a championship given how good and how well I do with the sleeper running back approach and the stable of running backs I'm going to pile up in that type of format and have the next James Conner for 2019 sitting on my roster somewhere. Jalen Samuels, ironically, might just be that guy. I'll have Jalen Samuels. I'll have a bunch of rookies because it'll be redraft. If it was Dynasty, I'd approach it, you know, maybe even try this in Dynasty because I think I could still, you know, find those gems in terms of Dynasty appeal for running backs. So I love this approach. And if you want to try something out of the box and this sounds like a good fit for your style, I recommend it. I think you can do real well with it and it's fun. It's fun. 